Getting a book published seems like a long and intense process. But in today's world, we have more options than ever when it comes to publishing your book. So, what is it that you want to write? Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough Podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Noah St. John. You may remember Noah from our previous interview where he taught us how to get out of our own way so we could succeed for a change. Now he's back to teach us how we write books, why we need to all be writing one, and how to get published once you're done. With 20 books under his belt and six-figure book deals in the bag, it's no wonder he's got a lot to share. It's even got me all ready to go, despite the numerous other projects I've already got lined up. He also drops this little nugget of wisdom that I think everyone needs to hear. It, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to get people to leave a review because it takes time and effort. And, you know, people are like busy, you know, and I understand that. Um, but yeah, it, that is very, very important. I've got nearly a thousand full on subscribers and tens of thousands of listeners. But for some reason, I only have about 35 reviews between iTunes and Spotify. Reviews are the only thing that a major platform cares about when deciding if you get more attention or not. So please, if you have access to either of those apps, just leave a quick 5-star review. It would really be a game-changer if we could even get to a total of 100. Let's become authors. Welcome back to the show, Noah St. John. Well, thank you, Colton. Great to be back. Yes, I am so happy to have you back. Why don't you, you introduce yourself for anyone that missed the first episode? Yes, yes. Well, uh, my name is Dr. Noah St. John. I am known as the father of affirmations and the mental health coach to the stars. I'm known for helping my clients make more in just 12 weeks than they made in the previous 12 months while winning back one to three hours in their day and four to eight weeks per year. And I know there's a lot of people out there that teach, you know, how to make more money. And that's great. But what I want people to realize is, to me, the second part of that phrase that I just said is just as important, if not even more than the first. Because there's lots of people that say, hey, I'll show you how to make more money. Ready? Uh, all you do is work 10 times harder, uh, work 10 times longer, don't take breaks, and never see your family, and don't go on vacation, and work all the time. Sound good? And you're like, no, that sucks. What, what are you talking about, right? So I like to teach how to make more money, absolutely. But I also like to say, wouldn't it be nice to have a life too? You know, so that's really what my my teaching, my books, my coaching is all about. Yeah, and that was our that was our whole discussion. Was like your time is so valuable. Yeah, that you you know you have to treat it really importantly. Yes. And since then, you are releasing a new book. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's um this is it. It's called uh, the Seven Figure Life. How to Leverage the Four Focus Factors for More Wealth and Happiness. There it is right there. Um, so yeah, um, everyone listening to the program, you can actually go to sevenfigurelifebook.com. Uh, we've got actually hundreds of dollars, over $300 worth of free bonuses when you go to that, uh, when you go to that page, sevenfigurelife, the number seven, <laughs> sevenfigurelifebook.com. 
uh, because you're listening to the program now. But yeah, I mean, that's really, uh, this is my 20th book. And really, it's my most personal book that I've ever written. And so, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm very humbled. And, it, you know, I've done this a lot, but it's always exciting when you get to hold the book in your hands that has your name on it. And it's like, wow, I, I did that. And, you know, anyway, it's, it's, it's just, it's humbling is what it is, though. Yeah, and 20 of these books mm -hmm. in your past, that is a lot of writing to be doing. Yeah, 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 I'll see all these books back here, and I, I wrote all those, so, and then these are in other languages, so it's like, it's uh, 18 languages right now, so it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, how does that feel, especially like cracking a number like that, that's a big round number to be like, 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, from the time I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a writer. You know, a lot of a lot of boys, you know, they grow up and they want to be astronauts or baseball players or football players or whatever. Um, I just always wanted to be a writer. I, I love words. I love the English language. And I just love I, one of my very first memories as a child, believe it or not, is when I was in kindergarten. I remember just putting these blocks of letters together. I'm I'm old enough that we used to play with blocks, I don't know, you know, for, for millennials and stuff. They're like, what are you talking about? Anyway, so I, I had these blocks and, and of letters, you know, ABC, that's how you learn your ABCs. And that's how we did it anyway. And I just remember, it, you know, putting all these blocks of letters together and spelling out words, even though they didn't make any sense, you know, they were nonsense words, but I was like, I just love words and, and language. So, you know, that was my dream, my goal from, from a very young age to be a writer. And I guess I, I guess I did it. Yes, you did very successfully. <laughs> I mean, have you found that, like you had said, this one's much more personal? Mm -hmm. Do you think your writing is tending to lean that way now, where you're like, you know, I've, because you had said, like, I've gotten a lot of information out there over the years, and now, like, it's starting to lean this other direction. Well, it's funny you ask that because when I started out many, well, 25 years ago now, I, I started my company, successclinic.com, in a 300 square foot basement apartment in Hadley, Massachusetts, with $800 to my name and a book on HTML. So I started from very, very humble beginnings. I mean, I had no money, no marketing experience, no sales, no bookkeeping, accounting. I didn't know anything about running a business. I, I really just had a dream um, and, a, and a deep burning desire to make a difference, to help people, to, to make an impact in the world. And I know I know everyone listening to this program probably has exactly that same feeling, right? They, you just want to make a difference, make, as Steve Jobs called it, you know, put a dent in the universe, right? And so um, when I started out, you know, over 25 years ago, I really strongly felt that, number one, I really wanted to bring out as much valuable information as I could in my books, my coachings, my trainings, you know, my as a keynote speaker, all, all those things that, you know, I, I get to do. And what I realized is that I am very weird because I don't like it when somebody either in a book or a, or a talk is just getting up there and saying story, story, story. You know, they tell a story, 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 story. And I'm like, I don't care. I, I really don't care about you. I don't care about your story. I just want information that's going to help me to reach my goals. And what I realized is that I'm really weird, is that almost nobody feels that way. Everybody out there just loves story, 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 story. I'm going, why? You know, and I don't get it. And it, it took me years to realize that, wait a minute, I was wrong. I, I, people love story. I mean, my God, we, we're talking about human beings here, right? I mean, story is the oldest form of communication, right? When we were sitting around fires, you know, tens of thousands of years ago, we told stories. What do you think the earliest communication was and songs and writing on caves and all that stuff? It's all about stories. So 
you know, I was wrong the way that I felt because I was just giving all these facts and information. And people go, oh, wow, that's really nice. And then they just sort of go on and I'd be like, don't you want it? No, we're good. And it's like, what? <laughs> and so I realized that it was through storytelling that we do learn more, you know? And so I'm like, oh, now I get it. And so I also, and this, you know, may sound funny, but I didn't want it to be about me. You know, when, when I started out, I was like, well, it, do, it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's just about the information. It's just about the facts and, you know, get in the facts and, and get out of the way. And I was wrong about that too. I'm like, no, they, they really do care about me, the author. Not like they care in that sense, like, you know, what you have for breakfast. I mean, but some people actually do want to know what I have for breakfast. It's like, well, you know, highly successful people, what do they do? You know, what are their habits? And I mean, that's what I've written all these books about, right? Power habits and so on. So I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, I, it really has been an evolution for that reason, because, you know, as I have, you know, been successful in my own career and helped so many people be very, very successful in their careers, you know, over $2 billion for my clients, you know, we helped so many people add six and seven and even eight figures, you know, using my methods. People really do want to hear those stories. They want to see the real life case studies and examples so that, you know, people say, well, gee, if he can do it, then I can do it. Yeah, it's very like you almost need anecdotes as right. And I'm I'm very much the same way where I'm like, I like to have hard data. And so I'm like, anecdotes mm -hmm. from here, like, that's a great one example of something working. Do you have more examples? Right. Like hopefully in a a graph format or something. Right. Like exactly. Yeah, right. Pie charts, graphs, and spreadsheets. That's I love that stuff, you know? And I'm like, man, you're weird. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm definitely in the minority of that because everybody's like, just tell me a story. I'm going, ah, all right, story, 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 story. But like I said, you know, I'm definitely, there's probably only like 8% is like me. Like, you know, just show me the chart, show me the data and, and get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I don't care about stories, but everybody yeah. else really needs those. They're like, we need examples of it. And you're like, all right, right I'll give you examples, I guess. Right. It's useless data, but I'll fill, right. I'll fill the space. I think what annoyed me also was that so many of those speakers out there, they only tell stories. That that was the annoying thing for me. It was like, okay, they tell a story, and then they tell another story. And I'm going, you didn't say anything. You know, it's like, come on, man. I, I paid you money, and uh, give me something here. It's like, well, then, but is it? That didn't help me, you know, and, and that's what's so aggravating. You know, I mean, I, I ended up spending over $600,000. I paid those guys, basically, at this point, pretty much call it three quarters of a million dollars that I paid to those guys, only to find out they can't teach their way out of paperback. They're great at telling stories. But I'm like, you know, there's, not, there's no there there. You know, there, there's no substance behind the story. So that's, I think that's what I was also concerned about. I, I don't want to be like those guys who just story, 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 and no substance. So... I came like I was too heavy on the data side and and very light, if anything, on the story side. So I think now, as you you know, were mentioning, you know, the evolution of, of me as a writer, a speaker, a coach, I have I, now I get it. I'm like, OK, so you give you know, you tell a story, you give an example and then you say, OK, and here is the lesson and here's how you can use that. You know, so it's not just story, story, story. It's the substance behind the story. Yeah. And you've successfully pitched to several different publishing agencies before as well. Is there some kind of secret you found to making that work? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, it comes down to one word. It's actually super simple. It's one word. And that word is platform, 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 platform. 
So, you know, I've had the, the distinction, uh, the honor of, uh, you know, getting six figure book deals from, you know, some of the biggest publishers on the planet. Uh, and, you know, in some cases, that first figure was not a one. So, I mean, these are big, you know, checks. <laughs> That's like pretty awesome. Um, and, and I've also self-published too. So, you know, I've, I've had the whole, I've done everything. And I've also helped my clients get published, you know, from pub major publishers and also self-published, you know, again, whatever you want. And now, of course, it's so much easier than it was when I started 25 years ago. I mean, I had to go down to the local cop copy shop and, you know, literally print it by hand on, you know, these eight by 11 pieces of paper and bind it with a piece of tape. You know, I mean, it was, it was the ugliest book you've ever seen. That was my very first book. Uh, but, you know, so we've come a long way since then. But yeah, I mean, so going back to the point of the publisher, um, all they care about is how are you, the author, how are you, the author, going to sell books for us, the publisher? And 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 so here's what I all, always tell my coaching clients. And by the way, we do help people with that. You know, we help, we have we, we have what's called a book done for you service where we get your book done. We also have a book funnel done for you service where we build your book funnel, you know, whether you want to uh, sell it yourself or, you know, print it yourself, uh, you know, the publishing on demand, or if you want to go through a traditional publisher. So, so we do it all. Uh, but uh, my point is that um, when the plat when the uh, publisher is asking about your platform, what they're really saying is, okay, so there's, there's two ways to do publishing pretty much at this point now on the earth. The first is you go to a traditional publisher, right? That's you go to the Harper Collins, the Simon and Schuster's, uh, you know, people like that, which, you know, I've been fortunate enough to do that. And so what that what happens when you go to a traditional publisher is you, the author, does all the work and they keep most of the money. And you're like, well, what? <laughs> that doesn't why would you do that? Right. Uh, it's because when you're a self-publisher, you do all the work and you keep all the money. When you go to a traditional publisher, you do all the work and they keep most of the money. And you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Why? Why? And the answer is because of another one word in publishing, which is distribution. All right. So as a self-publisher. I'm going to say it's very, very hard and expensive to get into the traditional bookstores. Now, of course, everybody can be on Amazon. I mean, you know, in an hour. I mean, we could you could do that very quickly and easily, and that's no big deal anymore. But you know, if you want to get that book that you published into, you know, say Books a Million or or a Barnes and Noble store, or and this is even more important, really, going around the world, you know, in different languages. As I mentioned, you know, my books are translated in 18 languages at this point. And, you know, I, I actually didn't do any of that. That was all through my publishers, you know, because they have teams of salespeople all, literally all around the world that are saying, hey, you know, you want to publish Noah's book in Korean or Hungarian or Chinese or Japanese or French or Portuguese. I mean, all those languages that I'm in, you know, so me as the author, I didn't have to do any of that. I just, you know, got a check in the mail like, ooh, wow, look at that, another language. So that is the advantage of going to the traditional publishing. And so you as the author, and I mean, you know, like I said, I, I coach on this, I teach classes on this, but the point is that you as the author, you're going to do the work. You know, if you're expecting the publisher to do the work, they ain't going to do it. I mean, those days are long gone. That pretty much hasn't been since the 70s. So you can forget that. Um, and you got to do all the work. And Yes, they keep most of the money, but because now you have also, remember, you you would have the uh, the cachet of saying, hey, I've been published by HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, whatever it might be. So there's there's a lot to be said, but it really depends on your goals as the author, the expert. Yeah, and there's a lot to like, yeah, you have the major distribution if you go through these major publishers. Yep. yep. 
if you self-publish, there is a much different kind of measure of success, right? Because you're trying to get into a way different category. You're mm -hmm. like, I am not immediately selling, you know, 50,000 books or whatever the first order is. Is there like a goal that you usually tell people like, okay, you're a first time publisher. This is what you should aim for. Well, according to some statistics and, you know, 87% of all statistics are made up on the spot. Uh, but anyway, the statistics that I've seen is that 90% of books never sell more than 500 copies total, you know, in their lifetime. And that sounds about right. You know, I mean, again, give or take, whatever. But yeah, most so most books, because writing a book is not enough. You know, just like I was saying earlier, you know, giving facts is not enough and even telling stories is not enough. You have to do all of these things. There's a heck of a lot to it, you know, and that's, what, you know, one of the things that we help people with. But the point is that, um, you know, you, you if you sell over 500 copies, you're basically in the top, you know, 10% of all authors on the planet, basically. But the fact is, you, you've got to have a, a process, a method, a formula system in order to do that. Because, you know, again, whatever the numbers are, half a million books published every year now, a million, I don't know the number, but it's a staggering, enormous number. And if you just say, hey, I published a book, everybody's like, who cares? I don't care, you know, what's it going to do for me and why the heck should I buy it? And, you know, me, of course, I, I'm one of the OGs at this point. I've been around for over 25 years now. So, you know, I have a long track record. I have a platform. So, you know, I can, you know, kind of do what I want in that sense. But still, I still have to do the work. I mean, I was listening to an interview with John Grisham and he said, you know, it's a heck of a lot easier to write books and sell them. I'm like, see, John Grisham said that too. <laughs> if John Grisham was saying it, then, you know. Uh, I, he's, he's a good guy to listen to, a smart guy. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when you set that kind of benchmark, I have to imagine, like, I, I haven't written and published anything, so I'm not in that category, but if I was like, oh, I sold 500 books, there would still be something in me, and maybe this goes back to, like, our head trash conversation in the first one, where it's mm. like, oh, I've only sold 500 books. <laughs> Well, let me give you an example. So I'm I'm working with a client right now in the and I mentioned earlier a book done for you and book funnel done for you. So he's actually he hired me to do both, right? So he says, "Hey Noah, I want you to uh, you know create my book for me, and I want you to build the funnel for me." So you know I have a team that does that. That you know so we I don't do it all by myself, you know. But he's getting you know 25 years of experience, and he literally has said to me many times, and he's a he's an MD, a professional doctor. And uh, in fact, that's the, the, you know, the book is about anti-aging. And so, um, you know, he said, you know, so I give him advice and, and I always say to him and all my clients, I say, look, this is your baby. This is your business. So just because I did something or I tell you to do something, listen, it's your choice. It's your thing. And he says to me every single time I say that, he says, Noah, I'm going to listen to you. You've done this a lot more than I have. I mean, it's my first book. So he said, of course, you've done it more than me. He said, listen, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. So I'm like, great. That's the kind of client we love to work with, right? And so, um, you know, but the point is I said to him, and as I said, all my, you know, coaching clients, I said, listen, you're not really going to make money from the book, but you're going to make money because of the book. So think about this. So imagine, you know, you are talking to, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, well, let's use him as an example, an MD, right? A, a doctor, right? And he does uh, stem cell therapy, right? So that's his specialty. So that's what, you know, the book is about, stem cell and anti-aging and things like that. And so I said, imagine you have Dr. A, who does stem cell therapy, and he's written a book, and Dr. B, who does the same exact thing, but has not written a book, which one are you going to go to? 
I mean, 99 times out of 100, you're going to go to the person that wrote the book, right? So, you know, I've written 20 books is number 20. So I'm a coach. How many coaches are there out there? 10 million, billion, kajillion, right? How many of them have written 20 books? Not that many, you know? I mean, I don't know what the number, you know, five, ten, I mean, whatever that number is, it's pretty darn small, right? So I, I, I didn't know any of this when I started 25 years ago. I just wanted to write books because I, like I said earlier, I love words. I love writing. I mean, I would have written books anyway. But I'm like, hmm, I'm glad I did that because that was pretty good. Actually, that worked out pretty well, you know, because if you don't. And so people ask me all the time, well, no, are you saying I have to write a book? I'm like, you don't have to do anything, right? You can do whatever the heck you want to do. But should you write a book? The answer is, yeah, but only if you want to make money. Only if you want to position yourself as above the rest of the crowd. Because there's a million, billion, kajillion, whatever you are, right? If you're a... If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a plumber, if you're an electrician, if you're a doctor, if you're a coach, there's a million, billion, kajillion of all of us. You know, a hypnotherapist, a chiropractor, you know, we worked with all of the above, you know, and I say exactly what I just said. I mean, it's a positioning uh, vehicle. That's really what it is. It positions you as, hey, and, and you know, I kind of take it for granted at this point, having written and published 20 books, you know, that I'm like, and it, it, this is funny because you'll you'll see my my you know my bookcase behind me right, and you notice and people comment on this all the time. I just bought this house twenty uh, twenty <laughs> two years ago in, in twenty twenty one, and when I walked into this house and I first literally was looking at this house, I literally looked at that bookshelf and I said, "Ooh, I'm going to look really good on Zoom." <laughs> because <laughs> I've got all my books now, and you know people that I knew, you know family members and friends with my house that I was living in before, there was just no place to put my books. I mean, there wasn't like a cool bookshelf like this. So I bought the house. We moved in. I put all my books up here behind me and people came in who've known me for years. They go, oh, you write books? Yeah. <laughs> I freaking write books. Where have you been? You know, it was like, yes, there they are. See that? You know? So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a coolness factor. It's just like, you just, you just look cool. So, you know, again, go back to the point that that's going to get you, you know, whether it's those high paying clients or whether it's just getting you a client period, that's going to position you, you know, just as better than your competition. Yeah. It's where you're like, if you can be a best selling in your category, that's fantastic. If not, you still have like a line on the resume. It that's right. can kind of propel you into doing other things where you're like, Oh, I now qualify to be a keynote speaker that's because right. I've That's written right. a book. Now I'm being paid to, to speak, even yes. though I'm not even, you know, really much of a writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it I just I, I, people ask me all the time, you know, should I write a book? I go, the answer is, yeah, you really should. You really should. And that's, you know, like I said, that's why that's one of the reasons why I started that, because people just kept begging me and saying, no, how'd you do this? How Can you help me? Can you coach me? I'm like, I, I think I better do this. I guess I better create a service here. Done for you. You know, your book done for you and your book funnel done for you because I built 200 funnels over the last seven years, you know, so now I'm a funnel expert too. I mean, all this happened just because I had to, you know, I mean, this happened very organically. I didn't start out with any of this. I didn't know what the heck I was doing 25 years ago. I just, I just had a dream, a vision, and it's just really naturally evolved over the years. Yeah. And you've said a couple of times, I actually don't know what a book funnel is. Well, okay. Uh, so if you're familiar with a sales funnel, right? Like uh, the 
most popular one these days is called ClickFunnels with my good friend Russell Brunson is the is the owner of that company, one of the owners. Uh, we've no, I've known Russell for oh my gosh uh, since he was basically you know in third grade if you look at his pictures. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so no, he's he's a great guy, really really smart, great marketer. And so, um, so anyway, so a sales funnel is very simply a process for, you know, ha having your ideal client go from, I've never heard of you to, ooh, I want to buy from you to buying from you, right? So it's really just a, a path. It's a process. So a book funnel is exactly what it sounds like. So I'll give you an example, right? So if you guys, everybody listening, if you go to sevenfigurelifebook.com, you'll see a perfect example of a book funnel, seven, the number seven, sevenfigurelifebook.com. Dot com right and and of course you can you know purchase the book and see all the things that we do with a, a typical or classic book funnel so basically you want to in a in a classic book funnel you would say hey you know here's my book and you know you put different uh you know you can have a video on there with uh, which you'll see there for seven figure life you know i i hired a a really great editor and you know created a script and it looks really awesome it's just a great great video it's also on youtube you can you know just search for seven figure life but anyway so um and then you say, hey, you know, here's where you can get the book and you put in your information. And then what's nice is, and this is really something you want to do, is you also offer different um, upsells or bonuses. Um, they're often called OTO, which stands for one-time offer, right? So as an example, when you go to sevenfigurelifebook.com, one of the OTOs or one-time offer offers that you will see is a program that we have called Get Unstuck Now. So many years ago, people... Well, over the year, over the last 20 plus years, people, the number one complaint that I get is, hey, Noah, can you help me get unstuck? Hey, Noah, can you help me get unstuck? Even whether you're making 50,000 a year, 500,000 a year, or 5 million a year, I've helped people get unstuck from whatever level you're at, right? And believe it or not, even people at 5 million sometimes feel stuck. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. Anyway, so I created this program called Get Unstuck Now. Now, that program normally sells for $799, all right? So if you go to our website and go to trygetunstucknow.com, you'll see it's $799. Well, when you get the book and you're in the book funnel, you can actually get that course for just $297. So you're saving like, you know, 60% or whatever that number is, right? And so the point is that is to help people to say, number one, I'm going to get, yes, I'm getting your new book, but I'm also going to get what I want faster, so because, you know, of course, with a book, you have to have it shipped or I mean, unless it's digital, of course. But, you know, most people are buying the, the physical, you know, the physical book. Right. And so, you know, it takes two days, three days for it, whatever it might be. Right. So it's like, well, gee, I want that result now, says your customer. Well, here's something that you can get right now to accelerate your results. OK, so that's a simple example. Does that make sense what I'm saying about a typical funnel or a classic funnel that would work? Yeah, it makes sense. I was just like, I don't know what this funnel is. Is this a site? Is this a format? Is this like, yeah, oh, now I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I always tell my clients is very important. And this is a very, very important point. So we've all, I'm sure, been um, annoyed by marketers who do the old bait and switch, right? We hate the bait and switch and we should hate the bait and switch. The bait and switch is, is done by, how can I say this nicely? Lying sociopaths. Okay, so we, we want to avoid that. Okay, so those lying sociopaths out there, what they do is they say, okay, now you just bought this thing, but in order to make that thing work, you got to buy this thing. And you're like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I'm going to punch you in the face if I ever saw you, you know? And so, of course, they hide and then you can't find them and punch them in the face. But you see what I mean? That, so that's what you don't want to do, right? You never, never, never do that. So you'll notice you don't say, 
okay, you bought this, but you need this to make the first thing work because that makes people really annoyed and they should be annoyed. That's the old bait and switch, right? So we never do that. Instead, what we do is we call it acceleration or automation. All right, so people will pay for speed and automation, right? So if you think about anything that you want, you know, whether it's, you know, I want to make more money, I want to grow my business, I want to scale my business, I want to, you know, write books like you do, Noah, I want to create online courses like you, I want to be a coach like you, whatever it is, right, whatever your goal might be, or I want to lose weight, I want to find love, I want to, you know, have a happier marriage. Again, it could be anything, not just money, it could be health, wealth, relationships, whatever, right? So everybody wants that result, but when do you want it? Well, you want it now, right? It's like, well, I want a result, but I think I'll wait uh, 18 months and then I get it. No, I want it right now, right? And so there are always a percentage of your buyers that will say, yeah, I'll, I'll pay extra for speed. Yes, I, I want it now. You know, I want that result and I want it now, right? So yeah, I'll pay a little extra for that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, everybody kind of, I assume it's true when they say like everyone grows at different rates, everyone right. learns at different rates. Is it wrong for people to want to move faster? Well, what I've noticed in business is there are three speeds of buyers. And just to keep it simple, it's fast, medium and slow. All right. So fast would be an example of like I was saying with Charles. I mean, and this is absolutely true. He told me this. He was in Barnes and Noble. And he walked by my book, Power Habits. And no, I'm not going to hold up all 20 books. But anyway, he, he literally walked by my book, Power Habits. He said, he, he, this is what he told me. He said he walked by it three times. You know, it was on display. He walked by it three times. He finally said, I got to get this book. And he bought it and he read half the book, called me up. We had one conversation and he paid me $100,000. So that's an example of a fast buyer, right? I mean, because he, again, he was going to lose a million dollars. But he didn't know that he was like losing it until he read my book, my philosophy, my paradigm, and I showed him precisely what was going on in his life that he wasn't aware of prior to my, you know, reading my book. There's another great example, isn't it, of what I said earlier, right? You don't make money from the book, you make money because of that book. So I can, I have absolute 1000% proof that this book made me $100,000. That's pretty darn good. Anyway, you slice it, right? So Absolutely. my point being is that, that there's, a, there's a fast buy. Then you got a medium buyer. Right. So that's somebody who maybe gets on your list. Maybe they get your lead magnet. You know, they get in your funnel. Maybe they buy, you know, one of your books or whatever it might be. Or they just opt in for a free lead magnet that you might have. And then they, you know, maybe after six months to a year, then they buy your, you know, coaching program or your online whatever. Right. And then you have the slow buyers. And I mean, I, I have plenty of slow buyers on my list and I love them. I mean, I literally have people on my list. And again, this sounds crazy, but I have people on my who've been on my list since the 1990s. You know, I told you earlier, I've been on, I've been online since 97. I have people, and I, I have proof of this, that they, they got on my list like in the 90s. And I'm like, and they're still with me over 20 plus years later. And it's like, I love you guys, you know? So, but, you know, that's maybe an extreme example. But, you know, somebody might be on your list for, you know, three, four, five years. And then finally, aha, okay, now I'm ready. You know, so you just can't, you as the entrepreneur, as the, the marketer, you, of course, you can't control when someone's ready to go, you know? But so that's why, and this, of course, goes back to the whole point of uh, being a content machine is you as the entrepreneur, as the marketer or the coach, you know, the author, the speaker, whatever, you do have to put out really a, a, a kind of, <laughs> this sounds bad, but a never ending stream of content, right? You pretty much have to put out content all the time because people buy what's in front of them, you know, and if, and if they're seeing, you know, videos or whatever from, you know, that person 
who's your competition and they don't see you, they're going to buy from that. They're going to buy from your competition just because they were there. They showed up, you know, and it's like, so I've learned that, you know, through painful experience of, of not putting out, even though I put out all these books, you know, I was kind of sleeping on my, for example, my video content. You know, I was, I was slow to the game on, on putting out videos. Now people just find me on YouTube all the time. That is that now my number one source of buyers is YouTube. So we are tripling down on YouTube right now saying, dude, we got to put out some, some. And if you go to my YouTube channel, which is watchnoatv.com, if you subscribe to that channel, you'll see that we have. I mean, I've literally tripled my video output just this year for um, that reason. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you've been in, like you said, doing this 25 years, 20 yep. books at some point, by the way, you need to do a re-release of all the books and number them on the spines. I know, right? <laughs> this is number one. <laughs> no. People ask me that all the time. What order should I read them in? I'm like, okay, at this point, just, just start, start. Anyway, you can start anywhere. They're, they're all good. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I actually had one. I did have one of my longtime readers, uh, read this book, uh, was one of my early, uh, advanced readers. And she said that it's her, her favorite book of mine. And she's, read i don't know how many of them maybe not all of them but she she absolutely loved it I, that was really nice i mean that's somebody who i coached uh, you know at, literally i coached her 10 years ago and you know she's still a you know now a dear friend and uh you know a, a coaching client but uh you know it's nice anyway it's nice to get those reviews isn't it <laughs> yeah of course and you know speaking on reviews like both with this book and with every other book if people are picking up these books and they pick them up through you know online retailers like amazon mm -hmm. I always double down on the importance of leaving good reviews. Yes. Like I, I didn't know until I started talking to people like yourself who are publishing that they're like, the, the purchases actually don't matter. You could be the best selling author and not have reviews and you won't be listed. They're it's like, it's very impossible true. to find your book because like, yep. oh, there's no reviews. Nobody cares. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's Amazon's algorithm. So, you know, we if you haven't noticed, our, our lives are now run by algorithms. <laughs> Facebook, Meta, Amazon, Google. I mean, it's all algos at this point. And we're just we're just little pawns in the machine. What do you want? Anyway, <laughs> so I won't go down that road. But um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, and, you know, it, it's so what we're doing right now with with this book, actually, as you mentioned, uh, The Seven Figure Life is we are, you know, I'm going to my my longtime, you know, buyers and fans and saying, you know, please, you know, buy the book and leave a review, buy the book and leave a review, buy the book and leave a review. And um, it, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to get people to leave a review because it takes time and effort. And, you know, people are like busy, you know, and I understand that. And so it is, it's way easier to get someone to buy the book. That's actually pretty easy, especially if it's on Kindle, you know, sometimes whether it's, you know, we might have a 99 cent special or something like that, or it's just put on their reader. Um, and then, you know, I say, you know, please leave the review or, you know, excuse me, please leave a review. And of course, Amazon doesn't exactly make it easy because they don't give you the buyer information. You know, they're not going to give you and tell you who bought the book, because wouldn't that be nice if you if I could follow up with them and say, hey, I hope you enjoyed it. You know, da, 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 da. they don't make that easy. I mean, there are ways to do it, but they, they certainly don't make it easy on us. Um, but yeah, it, that is very, very important for the reason that you stated. Absolutely. And I appreciate your time. I know everyone should go back and listen to the first episode we did. I know it was a very well-performing episode, but everyone should go back and listen because I have some really great content in there. Anytime someone's like, yeah, I have this goal and I'm not sure what to do with it. I'm like, have you tried adding detail? And they're like, where'd you hear that? And I'm like, let me tell you about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I had a listener reach out 
They asked me to keep their name out of it, so I will just address an anonymous listener has yeah. asked. But they had asked, what do you do when you think you're being held back by someone specifically with either good or bad intentions? Yeah, I mean, that's a very, very common question and a very, very common circumstance. Um, I'll give you an example, a personal example. Um, I started my company, as I mentioned, 1997, uh, in a 300-square-foot basement apartment with $800 and a book on HTML. Ten years later, in 2007, because I listened to all those clowns out there, all those lying sociopaths I was talking about earlier, I paid them all that money. Well, because of following all their bad advice, I ended up $40,000 in debt, and I had to move into my parents' basement. So try that on for size. Basement number one in 1997 to basement number two in 2007 with less money than basement number one. So it's like, really? Really? And so the point is at, you know, basement number two, um, you know, my parents, were, of course, you know, very loving and very supportive. And they say, you know, Noah, maybe you should get a job. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, you've been doing this 10 years. You have nothing to show for it. I mean, yes, I had written a book by that time, I, maybe even a few books. I, I think I'd written a few books by then. But, you know, I didn't know any of this marketing stuff because, again, I followed all their bad advice and they never told me anything. So I was like, great. Thanks a lot. Right. And so, you know, that's an example of somebody or, or you know, in this case, my parents, you know, who, who love me. Right. We're, we're trying to support me. And of course, they, they don't want to see you in pain. Right. That's the worst thing for a parent. Any parent listening to this program knows that the worst possible pain for a parent is seeing their child suffer, right? So any parent on this planet is going to want to help or solve or stop that suffering of the child, right? And, you know, the, the obvious answer is go get a job, right? Well, for me, you might as well just, you know, throw me off a bridge. You know what I mean? It's like, no, forget it. No, I'm not doing that. Nothing, not that there's something wrong with having a job. It's just, that's not me. I, I, I can't do it. I have a mission. I have a message that I want and I need to get out and it's you know stronger than anything that I felt. And so fortunately what I did was I actually hired my first real business coach uh, in 2007, early 2007, and I was able to make enough money because he was the first person to actually teach me something, <laughs> hello, and uh, you know help me. And I was able to make enough money to number one, pay off all my debt. So I became 100% debt free, which I still to this day, thank goodness. And you know move out of my parents' basement and literally in less than 12 weeks, I was able to actually meet and, uh, you know, the woman who would actually become my beautiful wife. And we're celebrating our 12th wedding anniversary this year. So anyway, that's an example of of listening to, you know, your intuition, your gut, which frequently goes against your head. Right. Your head says, oh, I can't do it. And it may also go against those people who who love you, you know, and, and do want the best for you. So. It's tough. Um, that is one reason that, you know, one of the power habits is to make sure you have your people system, right? That's one of the power habits that I teach, uh, you know, both in my, I have a program called the 12 week breakthrough, where I help you make more in 12 weeks than you did in the last 12 months. You can learn about that on our website, but basically that's one of the systems and habits that's really important. You have to install your people system, which sometimes means, you know, your, your family or your, you know, sometimes your friends, they may not be the, the people that are going to support you as you go up the ladder of success. So those are all very, very, uh, very personal things and very important decisions that we all have to make. Yeah. Just having a bit of tenacity to say like, this is something I want yeah. and I'm not going to let, you know, somebody saying no, get in my way. Yeah. And, and remember many times that's from a place of love. So they're not 
necessarily trying to be mean. I mean, some people are mean, but, you know, um, even those people that, that love you, they, they don't want to see you in pain. And I mean, 10 years of pain was for me. So that's a long time to go after a goal and have nothing. So again, for those of you listening, if you're going through a tough time, believe me, I, I know. And, you know, I was able to get out and now I'm able to coach people out of that situations like that. Well, thank you so much for this. It's been great. I loved having you back on here. I'm hoping everybody goes, finds the new book, finds one of the books. Like I said, mm -hmm. there's 20 of them out there. You got a good plethora to choose from, I'm sure. So, yes. you know, go in, and find something. And uh, I will be sure to put all of those links in the show notes as well. Well, thank you, Colton. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Yeah, it was great seeing you. Do you feel more educated after listening to this episode of the Just Dumb Enough podcast? If you enjoyed the episode, please take a brief moment to rate the show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or Audible. Remember, like I said back at the start of the episode, come on, please. If you really like what I'm doing, remember to subscribe for more episodes every week and check out the over 100 episode backlog. Let me know what you'd like to hear next by reaching out and emailing me, dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or by sending a message to me on any of the show pages like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever else you find me. I'm always looking for new topics, guest ideas, and questions from the audience. A new month means new rankings. Number one, the United States with Illinois, Arizona, and Oregon as top states. Number two, Australia with South Australia at the top for a change, just barely outperforming. Number three, the United Kingdom. Number four, Germany, led back to the top five by Bayern. Somebody correct me on that. And number five, Canada, with British Columbia keeping them on the board. That's all for today. I'll see you all back here on Thursday. Bye-bye!